Oh, hey, we got the, uh, well, post-Independence Day spectacular. First time doing the Sacred Fire of Liberty after uh, the 4th of July here on the 6th, a Thursday. Uh, joining me momentarily, Jonathan Emord. And um, just excited about his latest article. It says, and soon they will control everything. What is that about? Not only about China, but there's a whole historical and constitutional perspective in this article that very few people will rarely go to that depth. And we're going to we're going to cover that today with Jonathan. Also, uh, the Orwellian tactics of uh, censorship. The Biden administration's been called to task to, to stop it, at least temporarily. Uh, there's a court ruling on that. Uh, definitely want to check that out. Uh, let's see. Vax mandate suits get lift from new religious accommodation tests. This is interesting. I, you know, this is a big part of what I believe wholeheartedly that our Constitution protects our freedom. To, to, to believe and live according to our beliefs as long as we violate no one else's, no one other's rights. And that includes the pushing back on the government when they say you must violate your own religious beliefs. They must accommodate you. And there's a, a litmus for that. We're going to go into it, Jonathan E. Ward, as well. And, um, well, what else we got? Oh, there's a water um, issue with uh, PFAS in the water. Uh, we got our buddy Paul Bertero is going to be joining me at the bottom of next hour. Surprise guest talking about filtration technology to help clean up what's coming out your faucet. With that, let's uh, crank up the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show at robertscottbell.com slash listen. We'll see you in the chat room as Jonathan joins us momentarily. Let's get this thing started. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. I got some pictures sent to me before we uh, went on the air today from Jonathan E. Mord, a big uh, celebration that he was part of uh, in uh, Virginia, big parade and everything that uh, Jonathan, as you know, if you're, well, if you don't know, if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Jonathan E. Mord, my, my pal, my buddy in the Constitution, so much more. He is running for the United States Senate in Virginia to place and replace Tim Kaine, uh, which uh, is going to be extraordinary for not only people of Virginia, but all over the country. And uh, it looks like it was a great event, a lot of fun, a lot of pictures. And I know Super Don, you've got them there as well. But let's welcome Jonathan Emord, post-Independence Day Spectacular, back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. How are you doing, Jonathan? Great, Robert. It was a spectacular show. The 4th of July went off like a bang. Yeah. Uh, as it was supposed to. Uh, but no, that uh, parade was phenomenal, Robert. Phenomenal. We had some 58 supporters that came out and accompanied uh, our vehicles. We had the two campaign vehicles and a convertible at the back end of it. And uh, they were all along the side giving out uh, all sorts of things, pocket constitutions and uh, American flags. And we had an enormous number of American flags. I thought they would last for a little bit, 2,000 of them. And in the first quarter mile, people were coming out in droves into the street uh, to pick, uh, to, to get an American flag. So right. I was quite pleased to see, you know, that kind of patriotism. So yeah, there's the convertible my wife, Cheryl and I were in, and you can see one of the supporters there on the side. If you look back, there are more behind us. And then there are some ahead of us. You can't see the two campaign vehicles, but they're ahead of us. And there are quite a few people around that, uh, the front of it, but yeah, there's uh, that's the car, and there's the 
those those people there they they were from the southern part of Virginia and they came and dressed in colonial attire which was cool and they joined us and a lot of people there so there's uh, that's uh, the a part of the group um, that's about half the group right there with the with the sign and all of those people look at this so uh, Latinos for Emord first responders for Emord I don't know if you can I see saw the farmers for Emord as well their signs there I love it yeah. farmers for Emord veterans for Emord I mean we we were we we were really surrounded by people from all walks of life and experience and it's just it's just so so uh i'm so grateful for them all tell me about this uh cartoon here so Which nick one? uh nick steckler is a uh i think he's 15 and um he's very talented he's a musician he's an artist and he drew a picture you had that a while ago he drew this picture of me when i was at a one event that was the first event he saw me at i think mm -hmm. And he drew this picture very quickly and it was really good. But this one, he was at the parade. So this is actually us in the, in the uh, convertible on the back of the convertible there. Yeah. And uh, I was just so touched by that, you know, and look at how, what talent he has. I mean, I've lost 30 pounds at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely hire him to, and then you, you'll be looking so fine. Uh, so that was great. Uh, you know, the young people that are participating with enthusiasm. What is it about you? What is it about you? I think, again, authenticity. That's the thing people crave. And granted, there are going to be people, Jonathan, that will like a lot about what you say and will look at one thing you go, I'm not sure about that. But that's part of the reality of life, and that's okay. Just like we talked about Bobby Kennedy, why do they like him? Authenticity. You might agree with a lot of stuff and not agree with something, but you're looking at that and you're saying people are looking to cross over party lines. Like you're going to have a lot of Democrats in Virginia coming over to vote for you because they, they really don't align with the views of Tim Kaine, even though he, you know, is a Democrat. And similarly, tired. They're very tired of this uh, highly polished, carefully worded, sensitive to every poll kind of politics they want people to tell the truth. They want them to tell the truth about themselves. They want them to tell the truth about the government. They want them to be honest in what they're yeah. going to do. And I agree with you. I think uh, that is what we used to call integrity. Yes. And that is a, a precious commodity. And your point about youth is really uh, well, well, well taken on my part because I do find that. I do find that young people are coming to me in sort of a I mean, I haven't seen it yet in this number, but maybe we will. We're going to be speaking at Turning Point USA in, in San, uh, San Diego soon, to, they say, uh, to 500 youth. Nice. But uh, the, the point is, Ron Paul um, had characteristics I've always admired in him of sincerity and commitment to principle and would never sacrifice his principle under any circumstances. And that led youth to admire him because they don't want these classic politicians who want to be in office forever and are plastic people. I just want to get in there and save the country and get out. I don't want to stay in the swamp, but I do think it's time. If we don't do it, we're going to lose our country. So how about this for a slogan? Just come up with this authenticity over authoritarianism. <laughs> I think that it, it would resonate. As I said, um, folks out there that are in this audience that know Jonathan and love him and appreciate him for many years because we've been hanging out together on the show every week for a long time and known each other much longer than that. Uh, you know, you're drawn because 
you're drawn in because of your willingness to speak and even be challenged and, and ask questions and explain yourself. If people hear it and they think, is that a soundbite? I'm not really sure. You're, you're absolutely not only willing, but able to go into the depth of the reason for your perspective. And that includes historically, constitutionally, et cetera. And this goes to the, the article I want everybody to read. It's in town hall and we have it linked up in the show notes today. And the headline reads, and soon they will control everything. And, you know, initially, of course, it goes right into digital technology, cryptocurrency, AI, all of that could be transformative. And I agree, it can be. Could it be okay? Could it be devastatingly bad? Could it be a combination of all of that? I guess the question is, if you had a centralized bureaucracy controlling it, um, then it becomes, again, very dangerous to our autonomy and freedom. And you bring up China in this situation as well. But you also then go into the history of the going back to the founding fathers, the Constitution, the understanding of what it was and many court cases as it relates to this issue. So uh, an overview, if you can, because I want people to read it, but give a sense of what you were relating in this in this new article at Town Hall. Well, uh, with digital technology uh, now entering the space of all economic transactions and of what they want to do, the government wants to do a digital ID card for every person, you end up with a uh, quantum leap in potential and threat. And that is, uh, the potential is, of course, great for uh, cryptocurrency, it's a tremendous thing to be able to be your own bank and to not have to rely on a financial institution to determine uh, your access to capital, but you can do that through your own banking system that can be created through private uh, digital currency, and it's a huge thing that needs to be protected from government and allowed to flourish. Uh, that's not to say that fraud will not be prosecuted. Look, fraud is in every, every currency. It doesn't... Uh, originate with digital currency. We go after fraud when it exists. But when it comes to the uh, universe of digital currency, it needs to be protected from government. And then you have these centralized bank digital currencies, which are uh, the next thing. And the Biden administration wants to have a fiat currency, like the dollar is a fiat currency. They want the central, digi central bank digi digital currencies to be fiat currencies, meaning they can't have competition from private uh, crypto and private currencies. So that must be stopped at all uh, right at the start of it, because that is how they gain control over every aspect of our lives. Uh, when the government has central bank control over digital currency, that means that they, the government, unlike a dollar bill, the government with a digital currency will know your every transaction, your every move, uh, wherever you have to expend money using digital currency, they will be able to see what you're doing. They'll be able to categorize you and profile you. They'll be able to use those profiles under an ESG type system to limit your access to capital based on your political persuasion mm -hmm. or um, your carbon footprint or whatever else they want to use. As a, as, a, as a political limit to your ability to do with your own resources what you would wish to do. So that's why I'm so dead set against a centralized digital currency and so much in favor of private digital currency. Likewise, when it comes to this threat of the digital ID that international organizations now are pushing heavily for this and the Biden administration wants to go right along with it. The idea is that you would have medical information, all the information on your passport, and all of your your uh, 
uh, I, personal identification, driver's license information, combined in one uh, digital format on a card. And that uh, digital card would be your identity in, in the world. And that uh, would enable the government, again, to trace you instantaneously wherever you are, enable the government, whenever you engage in any type of transaction, to ascertain information about you. And that would include your, your whole health history. So what, what this could do in a, in a totalitarian uh, state, and indeed in the state that the Biden administration appears to want, is uh, when you wherever you would go, you would yeah. you would be asked questions. So someone would take your digital ID and they would process it. And they would say, "Oh well, uh, you you don't have an indication here in your medical information that you've recently been vaccinated. Um, we only allow those into this restaurant who have been uh, vaccinated within the last six months. We only allow people who are um, have a, have a modest uh, carbon footprint to enter our." premises and work here or or eat food here or get on this train uh, or be a part of some uh, function um they would they would be able to restrict your access to all sorts of things i mean even to the point of grocery stores having limitations on your ability to access things so we don't want people to invade our privacy uh, we want our privacy protected we think government is the constitution is designed to protect us from government and that's exactly right. The founding fathers didn't want the government to have this overbearing presence constantly in your life. They created the Fourth Amendment. You couldn't even have your papers searched without probable cause of a crime being committed. Uh, so these sorts of highly intrusive things that break down the Fourth Amendment barriers to protection and that uh, transform the Constitution into a vehicle that is incapable of defending you against uh, pressures that are imposed by the government these are threats to our liberty fundamentally, and we've got to act now to prevent them. We need a whole paradigm, and that article goes into that. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's that's part of what that article is about. Yeah, and I lo- again, I love the historical perspective as well as the court cases you cite. I w- would love people to read about that a little bit more in depth and uh, you know dig deeper on these issues because there's foundational principles uh, underlying all of them. These are not just opportunistic. Oh, let me show you this. And then you're going to like me. No, this is about Jonathan Emore being Jonathan Emore as well and digging deep. And, you know, I've been warning about the digital IDs for a long time as well and uh, push back on the federal government and certain relationships to religious accommodations. We're going to cover that this hour as well. There's an interesting court case related to that. Uh, but what does it take for a centralized bureaucracy, bureaucracy to succeed? Doesn't it need monopoly power? Right. It needs the ability to create monopolies. I remember years ago when Ron Paul introduced and I don't know who helped probably Norm uh, maybe had a part part in this. But the the free competition in currency act years ago, as he talked about, he's like, I want to end the Fed, but likely not going to happen. So how about let's just free up overtly the competition for what would be considered money, you know, the freedom to accept or, uh, you know, any kind of exchange. And we've seen innovations happen at the state level, some more successful than others. Some have been attacked because they were too closely aligned with uh, what the Secret Service says would be counterfeiting, et cetera. I know there's a lot of controversies associated with this. But the idea that we as adults in America don't have the freedom to determine how we want to exchange goods and services for what? I mean, that's like a very paternalistic uh, monopolistic domination over us that now is being digitized. And again, that will uh, eliminate our, our freedom. Even if they don't put us behind bars, we're in a digital prison. Yeah. Um, it's when you realize that 
when you digitize things, you enable those who have the ability to w observe the transaction, in this case, government actors, to follow you moment by moment. I mean, it, it enables in, in real time someone to know what you're doing. So you're at a theater. They know you're there. You are uh, on a bus. You're in a train. You're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're going to the grocery store. Um, and then there, there are profiles that are instantaneously generated too. So they know that you are a member of, the, of a conservative book club. They know that you have a large carbon footprint. They know that you have supported companies that uh, are pollution companies or are, are affiliated with entities that seem to be supportive of the Republicans. Um, it goes on and on. And uh, that kind of ability to categorize people is exactly what we don't want. China does that in spades right now. People who are dissidents in China uh, will starve. They'll starve. They won't be able to buy anything anywhere. Um, so we can't have a government know that much about us. Government knowledge needs to be limited to the, uh, the functions that it performs and what is necessary to do it in our constitution, the, the delegated powers. When they start getting into this police state mode where they want to know everything about you and they want to presume under red flag laws that a neighbor can rat on you if, you, if, if there's an argument and say that you might be dangerous with the gun that you own and allow the police to come in and seize the gun based on just hearsay, rumor, and so on. Mm -hmm. This is destructive of our Fourth Amendment rights, and so is the ability to invade your privacy, knowing exactly where you are constantly and having that fed into the government and knowing and creating profiles of you and your health information. Having that accessible to government actors is also a very repulsive idea. So we have to yeah. protect against it. Well, the, you know, the social security number has become a de facto national ID number. When you go into a doctor's office, it's always right there on the form. And of course, people don't think that they don't have to put that number on there. There's a privacy act of 1974 as well, uh, associated with that. But, um, this interesting article came out, uh, based on a new, uh, I think a court case recently, Vax mandate suits, vaccine mandate suits get lift from new religious accommodation tests, the bullet point religious accommoda accommodation suits over vaccine mandates are at play. Open questions expected to spur more litigation. Uh, it says the court unanimously ruled, I guess, uh, is this a Supreme Court case? It looks like it. June, it 29th, June 29th, that an employer cannot deny a religious accommodation under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act unless it can show that the burden of granting that accommodation would result in substantial increased cost to the business. How does this change what was the status quo prior to this ruling is it significant is it is it you know minor it tweak the status quo but it reinforced it uh, reinforced the precedent in defense of the first amendment so you have this is the groff decision uh groff versus DeJoy. it was a unanimous opinion which is also important mm -hmm. and alito wrote the decision and it says under title seven an employer has to grant a religious accommodation uh, unless there is a substantial uh, substantial proof of um, economic injury. And so uh, that that then, you know, it's a strict scrutiny test that is applied. Mm -hmm. And that um, is a, a reaffirmation of the uh, power of a religious liberty uh, against a state mandate. Mm -hmm. So there you had a situation in which a person was, 
required by their employer to work, a mail carrier by the U.S. Postal Service to work um, on their religious holiday, Sunday, and they uh, said, no, you have to have a, an accommodation, and the post office traditionally had given accommodations, but uh, the current regime didn't want to do that anymore. And so the court said, no, you have to accommodate the First Amendment rights of this individual. So in other scenarios then, um, for example, in all of these scenarios with military people and people employed in the states uh, and hospitals and police departments, fire departments, who had religious exemptions uh, to asserted religious exemptions for the basis of their uh, not receiving the vaccine or refusal to receive the vaccine and were not accommodated. Well, now that this, this reinforces the idea that they had to be. And so in future, it will also be there as a basis to protect people in asserting yeah. a religious exemption against vaccination. There were also things coming out in this, you know, the, the vaccine mandate era, <laughs> the current one, that you had to prove your religious uh, f uh, beliefs. In other words, they would they would give all, all these litmuses. Uh, let me see. What is your belief about this? And try to catch you in some kind of contradiction. And I, I think that's repugnant to the Constitution, that the government could establish or tr attempt to establish a litmus for your religious uh, beliefs rather than acknowledging there's a place for accommodation uh, within what they call reason. In other words, not to un not to burden to excess, for instance, a company that's like, oh, my gosh, if we do that, we'll go out of business. Right. So there's some level of protection of freedom of the business, too. Um, but, you know, I had the dealings with the State Department over the last many years. I've told you about this, uh, where they tried to prohibit my children from getting renewed passports. They've already had their passports because the Congress put in the requirement to have that Social Security number be part of it. They don't have them. And, and they denied it. I was like, well, th these are my religious beliefs. And we pushed back. In fact, there's a court case that's still ongoing. Uh, they finally accommodated it on the website. Now they actually changed the language to allow for, hey, if you have a religious belief, you know, then you submit that. But it's still ongoing because until they change the actual paper that people get at the post office that they read it, uh, we don't want to stop it because we want for the future of people with religious uh, ideals to not have to be intimidated into abandoning them when there's a perfectly reasonable accommodation that does not cost anybody anything in reality. Yeah. Um, when the government asks you to explain your religion for the government to determine whether you have a religious scruple, then the government is in the business of being able to deprive you of your religious liberty based on their assumption that what you're what you view as a religious uh, institution or, or uh, um, uh, basis for your assertion for the exemption is um, not religion. So that, that, of course, is inherently antithetical to the First Amendment. The First Amendment doesn't uh, make it incumbent on government to first decide what is a religion. The First Amendment says that the individual uh, is protected in their religious rights against government action. And so the government can't act in the first instance to ask the question. They can't. If you assert a religious exemption, the government should not be uh, in the position of being able to say to you, okay, explain to me your religious scruples and we'll decide whether it's appropriate or not. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a violation of your First Amendment rights. The government has no role to play whatsoever other than accepting the accommodation, the request. If you say, uh, you know, it's not this guy, for example, um, 
in this in this decision in the Groff decision, um, there was no evidence that the government required him to explain in detail his foundations for belief. Um, had that been a part of it, I think we would have even had more. It was a unanimous decision. I think we would have had more angst expressed by the court that this was a violation of the First Amendment to mm-hmm. have the government engage in a deposition or inquiry of a person to determine by the government's own standard whether what that person was saying was religion or not. That's um, you can't you can't have religious freedom if the government is deciding what is the religion. What you then have are state orthodoxies. Yeah. You have state orthodox religion and actually that violates the establishment clause dude a lot of a lot of people were going through this over the last few years with the the jab mandates the injection mandates well you know let me just say that point about the establishment clause because that's Mm -hmm. something probably a lot of people who have asserted a religious exemption uh and have been then the subject of all these inquiries about their religion Uh, probably didn't realize. But under the Establishment Clause, the government cannot establish a religion. By that, it means that the government cannot establish an orthodoxy of religious thinking or scruples of one kind or another. Mm -hmm. So if you go in there and you say, hey, look, this is my religious belief and this is why I don't want to be vaccinated, and they come back with, "Uh, I'm sorry, that's not a legitimate religious belief or that's not, you don't have an actual religion, Mm-hmm. Uh, we can rec- we will recognize, well, you know what? That's instantaneously an establishment of religion because they've just ruled yeah. out your religion. Mm-hmm. And they've said yeah. that the government's determination is what this de- de- you know determines what a religion is. Mm-hmm. Well, that that violates the establishment clause. This is something I, I brought up many times o- over the years when I you know kind of ca- call what the modern medical monopoly has become more like a, a church or a religion or a cult you know when it comes to the state's bias against the freedom of a parent to say we don't want a vaccine the courts tend to decide almost 100% on behalf of the state religion which is you know vaccinology they're all in on it, it and it, you know, we're learning more and more that it wasn't a scientific endeavor in fact it's a belief system based on um, you know utilizing words programming words like safe and effective and many doctors and scientists are now going backwards because of covid and covid jabs looking and go my gosh the entirety of that history we were told it was one thing we just believed it and never actually analyzed whether there was true or sound science and scientific methods applied to bring it to market. Uh, so it's, it's a fascinating journey when we realize like, what you're pointing to is something I've said, that we have modern medicine, which should exist in a free market for choices in health care and healing and freedom in, in that regard. And that which the government has sanctioned is the only way to go through FDA, through FTC, all the, the agencies you've taken on, where they have a dogma and a belief system. If you violate it, you lose in their courts. Yeah, um, we need to establish medical freedom in America. Medical freedom is being deprived right and left. I mean, when you go in as a Medicare beneficiary into a a hospital, uh, you are given a one-size-fits-all approach to medicine because if a doctor deviates from what the common method of treatment is, a generally accepted method of treatment is, then they'll say that that doctor's not uh, meeting the standard of care is not uh, giving you the treatment that is expected by Medicare. As a consequence, that doctor can be audited by Medicare, can have uh, the Medicare in every audit, virtually every audit, they prevail in their audit determination that you must pay massive sums of money back to the government 
what they do is they take a sampling of the doctor's patient files and they, they scrutinize every sentence, every word that is in those files uh, as a basis for challenging whether there's a adequate explanation for the medical treatment supplied, whether the medical treatment supplied is consistent with what they perceive to be medically reasonable and necessary. Mm-hmm. If there's any deviation whatsoever from their orthodoxy, they then uh, extrapolate without seeing all the medical records, but to the universe of all patients, they apply a percentage and then they say all the money that was paid by Medicare to the doctor uh, for that percentage of patients must be repaid. And ordinarily, it's not at all unusual to see multi-million dollar demands for payment from a physician back to Medicare uh, based on this type of approach. So doctors are absolutely paranoid about Medicare audits. And you can be audited by Medicare, even in instances where you've opted out of Medicare, mm-hmm. if you are seeing Medicare patients, which means virtually anybody over the age of 65, which is frequently the patient population in the universe and and the people Mm -hmm. that come in. So this thing uh, that they've created is a system of coercion so extreme that doctors come out of medical school, you know, having uh, an idealistic view of the world, they get into practice and they suddenly realize that their choices are extremely limited and that they must adhere to this whole program or mm-hmm. they run the risk of being sued uh, for medical malpractice. For They run the risk of having their licenses revoked by their medical board and they have the r- real risk of being audited by Medicare and being forced to pay back millions of dollars of accumulated fees uh, based on some ridiculous determination that they inadequately included in their medic and their file for a patient information medicare says is necessary for the history to support the uh, prescription this is why i want a separation of medicine and state jonathan Uh, i just think there's no good way forward to think that the government could make better choices than you or i or or anybody out here could and and that's why many doctors or nurses are attempting to set up parallel systems whether it be through pmas private membership associations or religious you know organizations people going look these are going to be religious sacrament to us because we're not allowed to use it in the so-called uh you know whatever the marketplace is the public place or square they've kind of shut it down for the ability to freely say hey you know what throughout history my ancestors used these things for healing for medicine and yet if we come out with those things the moment we actually acknowledge and say this is what they were used for we're attacked by various federal agencies and or state agencies in cooperation with those federal agencies attacking what I would say is a, a historical, cultural and religious sacrament that we mean may need to uh, re-inhabit and take that back and put it there because how else do we protect it? Well, you want innovation in medicine. You want doctors to experiment to a degree and do things based, of course, on their view that this is in the best interest of the patient. But there are incurable diseases presently, certain diseases for which there is no known cure. Uh, The only way you succeed in finding a cure or finding something that will extend the lifespan of those with diseases like that is to enable innovation. Mm -hmm. But the whole system of Medicare uh, and the medical boards is designed to shut down every innovative move. Yeah. The reason is that they and they have this highly bureaucratized system. FDA handles the development of drugs uh, and 
uh, had done so does so by just giving carte blanche to the largest drug companies in the world, which essentially it's a captive of those entities. And so you have no testing of drugs by the FDA. It's all testing by those who are the sponsors of the drug approval application, which is an inherent conflict of interest. And yet they completely ignore that. The law completely allows it. And, and, and then you get these drugs in the market and they cause injury and then they have to be pulled from the market. Uh, but they're done by the uh, drug companies themselves. Very rarely does the FDA require a drug company that drugs the FDA has approved yeah. to remove them from the market. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sham. It's a yeah. real corrupt. Arguably uh, many the, more millions of people have, have perished needlessly because of this. And the censorship that many people have encountered in the last three years or so, uh, where the government, the American government is actually censored right within it. And it's overt. And we've got a court case as well that just uh, an injunction that just happened, Jonathan. I know we got, you got about 10 minutes before you have to run a little early today because you got an event tonight. Uh, but the censorship you have been dealing with, I've been dealing with, we are aware of going back decades. You've been writing about the censorship on health information, particularly, yet it yeah. only became more common knowledge in, under COVID when suddenly people that had basic questions about things were being censored. And so the Orwellian tactics that our government is engaged in against the people, the freedom of the people to speak, uh, is something that's not new, although it's become new for people that have just discovered it because of the ramping it up of COVID. Did you see this case? This uh, Judge yeah. Terry Doughty had, had said there's substantial evidence saying that you would win on the merits of the case that the government has engaged in overt censorship. Right. They, it's an injunction and what temporary restraining order and what the uh, what the court has determined here in this decision, which is quite fantastic. It's a landmark decision. Mm hmm. The collusion between the Biden administration, FBI, and the media um, was unlawful under the Constitution, the First Amendment, which indeed it is, and uh, interfered with the rights of so many people because it, it actually resulted in the suppression of health information and other information. So as a result of his findings that, that on the face of the pleadings and on the evidence that was appended to the motion for summary judgment, he uh, and the opposition to it, he determined that there was a substantial likelihood of success on the merits for the plaintiffs and imposed an injunction against the Biden administration, compelling these agencies to cease, desist and not uh, any any further engage in this collusive effort to coerce or intimidate or um, collude with the media to censor uh, private citizens communications on the you know big tech platforms and elsewhere, so that's a real victory and it's an important important victory and it really goes along you know a lot of people had argued in knee jerk fashion that this is private uh, action it's editorial discretion because it's big tech it's not an example of censorship and all along Robert on this program you and I have talked over the years about um, the First Amendment ramification here and that indeed. If there was evidence of collusion between the government and big tech, which there almost certainly, even before we had the evidence of it, we were highly suspicious of it. Um, and then it, the evidence came out um, with the Twitter files and so forth. So this is the culmination of it, and it's a good one. Mm -hmm. And now, of course, this probably will be appealed. Uh, there might be an interlocutory appeal. I don't know. But um, 
the courts should up and down defend this district court judge's decision, which is the right answer and uh, brilliantly done. And I'm so grateful that it happened. And we need we need this to happen. Yeah, there's an expansion of, of uh, censorship happening in the big tech sector over the issue of cl- climate solutions, the discussion, the debate that can't be allowed to happen, right? And, you know, I bring up Bobby Kennedy one more time because, you know, he has a perspective on on the, the environment that a lot of it will align on in terms of toxicology and pollution, but he does have a belief in in uh, carb, carbon dioxide being a greenhouse gas. But at the same time, he says, you know what? The solution should be in the marketplace of ideas we should have in the free market. I was like, this is shocking. Democrats don't say that, which is why, again, I respect his integrity, authenticity, and willingness to engage in not a centralized bureaucracy solution necessarily. But here we have censorship, you know, not in COVID specifically, but now on the controversy of, you know, what do we do about climate if there is even a climate issue, right, to to be allowed to actually discuss and debate and argue all of that. And the censorship that we saw on COVID will still likely continue unless, I don't know, another court action against uh, any, you know, prohibition of climate discussion. Yeah, uh, this this is the emerging, uh, you know, thing now. It's They've moved from censorship of the the laptop, Hunter Biden's laptop issue. They still do that, mm-hmm. but then they and and the COVID nineteen thing, which is now receding into the background. But here's the new thing, which is the new crisis, the new made up, you know, mm-hmm. end of the world, and they are censoring uh, big tech at the behest of the government again is censoring parties who communicate any information that dissents from the orthodoxy uh, that is explained on climate change. And that is outrageous. That that deprives us of innovation again, and it deprives us of serious interaction on the question. What they've done is they've tried to shut down serious debate over whether or not there is a, a threat to humanity posed by the modest changes in the climate that um, to if you can possibly tie it to carbon emissions, um, it nonetheless is modest. And the idea that somehow the polar ice caps will melt and that we'll all drown under the sea or we, that- we, we're dead 10 times over since Al Gore first made his pronouncement, really. And every yeah. time they make it, they get to the date and they try to erase that they said there was a date. I mean, these are fear mongering tactics to yeah. what fundamentally alter uh, freedom in the West and America in particular. You know, Alex Epstein's books uh, very clearly show the modeling that is used to support these end of the world scenarios that have been coming out of the far radicalized environmental movement, that those end of the world scenarios are always failing. The end of the world isn't ending. The reason for that is that while they take into account every single speck of negative information in their modeling, they don't take into account positive information. For example, just one example, they don't take into account the effect of carbon dioxide on plant life. Of course, mm-hmm. plants uh, uh, on the surface of the earth thrive from, they, they depend upon and they cannot live without carbon dioxide. So when you diminish carbon, you diminish carbon dioxide and you cause greater plant death. Well, um, one of the one of the uh, uh, positives of carbon and carbon dioxide is plant life. So you have a more flourishing plant life. And so they don't take into account the positives. That's just one. 
um, of, of things that are happening in the environment, the collective effects. Nor do they acknowledge what China is doing uh, in terms of the ultimate. Wait, India, they don't, they don't right. acknowledge. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the entire third world, they don't yeah. acknowledge the fossil fuel crisis and they don't c- compel them. They allow them to be exempt from the Paris. Right. But we want to bring Americans and their freedom down to their knees because uh, it isn't about the environment. It's about centralized bureaucracy, control, authoritarianism versus the authenticity and restoration of freedom that we enjoy here on this show with you, Jonathan, and all that you do. Uh, you have an event this evening. Is this a public talk that we just learned learned about you got to run for yeah, yes i've got to i've got to go run there's a six o'clock uh speech i'm to give and i'm <clears throat> i'm apologize to you i can't tell you where it's at okay right now just because i don't know okay but they're having me leave <laughs> yes <laughs> right now to go to uh to that speech so love you my brother love you too and tell andrew thank you for all that he's doing on your behalf and and you know making your campaign go so well Uh, And it's extraordinary what we're witnessing here, Jonathan. And uh, anything we can do to help, you know, we're here for you. Thank you, Robert. Take care, my friend. All right. That's Jonathan Emord, Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We'll continue in the spirit of that uh, discussion as Jonathan has to head off to another speech or talk or lecture or something that he's giving. And he doesn't even know where it is. That's what it's like to be running a campaign. You can't. But then again, Super Don, you know, it's like that for me sometimes where I don't even know where I am, much less where I'm going. Uh, unless I look at the upcoming events page on the Robert Scott Bell Show website, uh, and I don't Is think that, was that a was that a segue? Was a segue? Yeah. Holy moly! Wow, you're clever. That was a clever segue, wasn't I'm it? I'm impressed. But I should check on you know that where I'm going to be when, uh, and maybe you guys <laughs> want to be there too. Uh, that's coming up. I, okay. I, I, something I, I like. Is that pie I smell? Hmm. Hmm, I think that. Oh yes, that's right. It's the RSB Family Union, July 14th, 15th, and 16th. <laughs> I do not know if, unless Leslie's in the audience and she wants to comment, by the way, happy birthday, James, yesterday, uh, he turned, uh, well, I won't say unless she wants to, but, uh, her husband is amazing and they're going to host us all at the, uh, at their, I would call it their homestead, yes. uh, for a weekend of food, family, campfires, music, learning, healing, homesteading, a lot of fun. And it's the first time that we've ever done this. And I'm just excited to see that, uh, well, a, a whole host of you are going to going to be making it to some some surprises i didn't realize as well so hope to see you there (laughs) that's going to be a lot of fun and then we have uh following that the uh going to columbus the following weekend uh whitaker's uh natural market i i still called it whitaker's farm market but i talked to jocelyn who owns it her family owns it uh out there in the middle of nowhere ohio it's about an hour i've learned by car outside of uh columbus and she said we changed the name because we, we checked the marketing and people thought a farm market was only about produce. And, and of course they sell all kinds of supplements, a lot of the whole food things that we do here. And so they've invited me back to speak to their audience, their uh, customer base. So if you are anywhere near Whitaker's natural market out there, uh, I don't think uh, we have a banner for it yet, but she's working on it. That'll be Friday, the 21st of July. Then uh, the 22nd, 23rd will be at the Maho event at the Hilton Easton, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, for that event for the health food stores and then the red pill expo is coming up in august uh faster than we know it 12th and 13th and we have direct links to that and that's going to be in des moines iowa so i'd love for you to be there i know they have an online streaming option as well but there's something special about being there folks if you have any inclination do a little road trip in august or fly to it whatever come and see us all in des moines i know mickey willis will be there as well and many other awesome folks. Usually Alex Newman is speaking there and he always brings it. So I'll be emceeing the event and speaking there as well. 
All right. What else we got coming up after the uh, event there? Cancer Control Society's 48th Annual Convention. Uh, we got to get Frank Cousineau on to talk more about that. That's Labor Day weekend, uh, September 2nd through 6th. And that's Glendale Hilton Hotel, basically L.A. area. Then the Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. And that's in Las Vegas, Nevada. And you have ticket links and everything. And I'll be speaking there. I'll be moderating some panels. And, and uh, that's going to be a wonderful event in Vegas in mid-September. Then we have uh, the following weekend uh, or, or a couple of weeks from there in Houston, Texas. That is the 10th anniversary of Healing Strong. And Susie Griswold and the family there, they're amazing. And so I'll be there speaking as well and broadcasting in Houston. And then the uh, we talked to Jamie Dorley and uh, and Christine Glein yesterday. We learned about Christmas in July. If you guys didn't, didn't catch that, a lot of discounts. Remember the RSB 15 code for everything at Nutritional Frontiers. Uh, they have a weekend event professional training event 6th 7th and 8th of october and that's in pittsburgh uh simultaneous to that if you can't make that out west in salt lake city area the eighth annual your health freedom gala and symposium and uh, that's a lot of fun as well a little smaller but intimate or group but it's still well worthwhile then the big one the trinity health freedom expo is back october 14th and 15th uh, outside of Chicago at Tinley Park Convention Center. And for those of you who are Trinity graduates and students and doctors and nurses and ed- all kinds of healthcare providers, there's also the Trinity Live event, 12th and the 13th. Go all four days. And you will be richly rewarded for participating in that. And then we have a big event, November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And that's uh, thanks to the Warners. And that's in Phoenix, Scott- Scottsdale, Arizona. So we'll get more information as things go. But this is how you want to stay in touch by being uh, uh, signing up for uh, the newsletter. Super Don, I don't know when you're going to be not busy, uh, but occasionally you do send out a newsletter and they go, where's my <laughs> newsletter? I, w- I signed up. I don't get anything. And you're like, here coming up, wanting more coming up here. I keep saying this, but <laughs> so I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop um, hmm. in a good I'll, way. I'll be able to. Yes. Yeah. To when you say offload. shoe to drop, that's usually like a bug's going to be squashed and you're the bug. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Not yet. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to be able to offload some of the work that I'm doing and, mm-hmm. and be able to focus more on show stuff. Yeah. So, Which is when I got into this, the whole gig I know, floor, you know, you just, years have gone by and I just like, I'm still not doing really what it is I want to do here. Yeah. But, but you're also so popular and so in demand, your skill set that, uh, you know, you're like you, you were on yesterday after the show with Shemaine Nugent. Did you get Ted to sign your thing? Did he agree to sign your yet, album? Not yet. I'm, I'm working my way up to, okay. uh make that happen i haven't had it i haven't even had a chance to talk to him yet wow um somehow it's like every time he's on with her i right. end up not being available so <laughs> and shemaine's got a new book out we'll probably get her back on the show killer house it's called talking yeah. about that's a good mold, topic yeah, yeah. so yeah. Was, yeah. Well, i'm in on that topic so yeah whenever she's ready let's get her back on the show that would All be right. great so I got something I want to just bring to your attention. Did you see this this morning? I, I sent you the link to this. No. I'm blown away by this, but this is so okay. cool. Yeah. Remember we had uh, we had a guest on talking about the movie Sound of Freedom? Yes, with Jim Caviezel, is, uh, in the, and it's about the child trafficking thing. Yeah. What a powerful you, interview that was. Did you see this? Uh, it beat out Indiana Fe- Jones in the box office. Wow. Dude, that's like, what does that tell <laughs> you about the transition to... Uh, decentralizing what they know called as the Hollywood machine, people going out and putting together amazing quality of, of, of presentations. Uh, it, it could be engaging, entertaining, informative, uh, provocative, whatever. I hear people will cry right through this movie. Uh, a lot of people have seen it and told me I haven't gotten out to the theater. I wanted, I didn't get out of the theater at all in a while, 
but it would be nice to see this one as well as I uh, remember the other one was Steve Dace's uh, movie. Um, what was it? Nefarious. Yeah. And that is done very well. And, and the production quality meets or exceeds that which you think of as a Hollywood production without the propaganda, uh, you know, well, without, uh, you know, speaking down or controlling or manipulating your mind, but uh, relating I'm, some powerful things. I'm wondering, historically speaking, if there's ever been a small production company mm -hmm. based in Utah, yeah, uh, Christian. Mm hmm that has come out with a, a a film that has beaten out a film on the on the level of Indiana Jones before. I don't know if that's ever happened. I can't. I don't think it has. Yeah. Now you know the Indiana Jones movie, which I really do want to see. Yeah. Uh, this is they're they're calling this is Harrison Ford's swan song. Mm. Uh, this is the last geriatric one. Jones. The last <laughs> one. Hey, come on now. <laughs> um. Anyway, this yeah. this was being packaged and, and viewed as the summer blockbuster. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's got beat out by, by, <laughs> by sound of freedom, which wow. I said is not only is it cool, but it's, it's crazy impressive. So pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely astonishing. And in a wonderful, wonderful way. Uh, let's see what else, uh, this hour, we just like bonus time at the moment we're on. Kinda. And, yeah. yeah, it is we, kinda. We do have a, a bonus guest. We didn't put in the notes because we didn't know until the, right before we went to air. I called my buddy Paul Bertero from Echo Technologies, and uh, we have a water purification question and and story that we're going to address. And he's going to join us talking about that later on in the show, which is fun. Uh, we'll hit. That we didn't well. get to the cocaine with uh, Jonathan Emord. Yeah. What was the? Um, was there a movie like Cocaine Bear? I don't think it did very well. Yeah, I heard. Office. I heard something about that. Yeah. But you know. They could they could do cocaine Biden I guess would be a, guess. a more more of documentary I think I think if if Biden did cocaine it would kill him I don't I think it's he's like a little too frail I was thinking the moments that he has co cogenicity I just mentioned made that word up but he's cogent for a moment it must be because Hunter supplied him with something a bump because no. normally he can't speak clearly and think it at all. And yet maybe that's the, the, you know, some kind of methamphetamine is what's used to, to prop him up temporarily. But apparently the cocaine at the white house was found in an area for the visitors. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that could be a way to say, well, it was probably just somebody that I was guess, taking a yeah. tour. Cause it's right? not like when you go into the white house that they have like drug sniffing dogs, you know, uh, they don't look for drugs. They, they might typically look for are looking anything. for weapons, right? Yeah, or bombs yeah. or something. But yeah. So anyway, I don't know if they'll ever find out who this was. And you know, listen. I mean, to be fair, mm. all jokes aside, yes. All um, mm. partisan biases aside, yeah. Uh, it's very possible that this was somebody that just walked in, you know, from off the street and lost their cocaine. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> we're talking say? about DC. There's, right. there's some cocaine in D.C. somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, there's plenty so, of it. And, yeah. and and likely it has been in the White House for decades. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, I guarantee. Yeah. yeah. I'd bet all of my cocaine <laughs> on the fact that, that there's been, uh, there's been uh, other drugs in addition mm -hmm. to cocaine uh, in the White House with every administration. Yeah, what's well, the West Wing thing? Um, yeah. But I look, yeah, there's plenty of jokes that can be made, but at the same time, there's enough evidence that, you know, Biden's son, dude, that hunter dude is messed up. 
And and, and mm-hmm. some the, some of the jokes have been. You know been what? Look, I, look. He, I'm going to take a different. I'm going to take a a uh, a, a stand here. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that you know. First off, I don't know Hunter Biden. I, I've, never, I've never met him. All I know is what it is I've seen on TV. Have you seen okay? the pictures? Or, uh... Of course I've seen Dude, <laughs> look, here's the thing. Yes. Okay. Have you taken pictures like that, my friend? Maybe. I, a, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think so. I don't have the evidence, so no, I'm straight I <laughs> uh, Look, man, addiction sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Hunter Biden or you're, oh, you're, you are, you're the yeah. stranger standing on the corner with a please, you know, uh, give mm-hmm. me money sign. Okay. Uh, addiction is a lousy thing. So politics aside, mm-hmm. I do not wish any ill will towards Hunter Biden in his journey to uh, sobriety, of, of sobriety and recovery yeah. Yeah. from from drug addiction. It's a it's a nasty, terrible thing that ruins lives. He's lucky to be alive because a lot of people haven't sure. didn't make it. Okay, in in living the lifestyle that he had, and it's mm-hmm. not easy. And so from a humanitarian, a compassionate approach, okay, uh, you know, I'm not going to automatically go, oh, Hunter Biden was snorting coke off a hooker's butt uh, in the West Wing. In the West Wing. No, and and neither of us have said that. Uh, But some people are, and I understand why. I get it. I I would just say that, um, you know, that being (laughs) in, if he is, you know, indeed an addict, which likely he is, to be that close to the White House, to have influence over his dad, and all of the things oh, yeah. that have occurred. Now, those things of, and all that right. stuff, and the the, yeah. the China and the Russia and the whatever like yeah. that. Yeah, that's all legit. That's why when you're, at least in theory, if you are looking to be part of the government or maybe the deep state CIA, NSA, they're going to be doing some background on you to know that you're not vulnerable in certain ways to be, hey, let me give you a bump here and then tell us a secret or right. compromise yourself for money or hookers or all these other things. And uh, so whether you have compassion for a Hunter Biden being an addict or not, the fact that he has integrated and, and been operating within, you know, government or non quasi governmental sure. of circles, that's the concern. And that's Ab- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But at yeah. the same time, let's not be hypocritical. And act like there's no other drug addicts in Congress. <laughs> right. No, they are uh, plenty. Yes, they're okay. unfortunately far too abundant. Yes, yes. you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's not a thing. That. If it's a not very, if it's not drugs, it's alcohol. A very big bad thing. Yeah, they yep. they they'll and if you aren't compromised, they'll try to find a way to compromise you. That's another aspect of this, and uh, that kind of ties into you know the child trafficking stuff we've talked about. Uh, and if you go back in inter- in the interview we did about the film with one of the filmmakers, one of the actually the you know the key uh, part of ha- the true story, right? And he described how they were combining a number of those stories into one for you know the movie purposes, but. They're all based on uh, real, you know, real experiences and how they did that. And they tried to kind of tie it into a movie. But, dude, everybody that's seen it is just blown away by it. Of course, there's, again, a lot of tears around it. How they handled the movie and a subject matter like that is just astonishing. Uh, but they've been able to do it. And that they beat Indiana Jones in the opening weekend. That's awesome. That's amazing. It says a lot. That know? is awesome. So I yeah. want to see both movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah it's that you know what actually uh, it's showing here. Um, I looked it up to see what the show times were. Sound of I, Freedom. The Sound of Freedom is actually mm. showing here at our at our cinema here. Cool. Well, I'm hoping we can get out to see it and uh, report back on our experience with that. <sighs> All right. So let's see what else we got. Um, in anything in the chat room coming up? I see Lori. Hi, Lori. You're gonna you're gonna be in Des Moines for the Red Pill Expo. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. And uh, 
Uh, for those of you who haven't thought about coming to any or all of these events, there's plenty, plenty, plenty. Uh, Bolden, Michael Bolden, our buddy, says, Super D at his finest, talking compassion and Hunter Biden. Right, as much to the annoyance and chagrin of certain. All right, look, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that I that I dis, you know, that I, you know, uh, dismiss anything that he's done. That's that's you know, no, and I didn't take it the laptop and all the the corruption and all that stuff. Absolutely, yeah, but But it's uh, the it's the human heart of Super Don is what we're talking about here. Well, and you know what? I mean, I've seen people in that situation, Mm -hmm. and so you know, and my wife actually, that's that's her her profession Mm -hmm. is helping people that are in that situation and, and pulling them out and, you know, the, the counseling and the treatment. So, yeah. I, All right. It, uh, I got a soft spot yeah. for people, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, it's one of the most difficult things to deal with, especially if someone is not interested in getting help and you can watch people. Well, just that's decline that you can't do yeah. much for other than yeah. wait around and be there for them when they're ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, political correctness related to the topic of obesity obesity an hour or two we'll talk about that there there, there are claims or statements that sh- it should be renamed because uh, it's just too offensive people won't get help another one of those things we'll just call it something different and then yeah. everybody will change their minds i wish george george carlin was around for this one mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so we'll cover that as well um there's a lot more if you've got comments or questions in the chat room live while we're on the air if you want to submit them i think we do have a question of the day submitted another person that wants to find the silver aloe gut recovery protocol uh and uh, everybody that's been here for years is going how come you can't find it well super don moved it to make it easier so now it's harder <laughs> perhaps um actually i'm yeah. gonna guess you haven't looked at the website today no i haven't okay i, know. I've been I finally said okay fine yeah so we'll we'll reveal that here uh, coming up. <laughs> All right, stand by for that and a whole lot more on the Robert Scab Bell Show. My buddy Paul Bertero. If you love and miss Paul, he's going to be back. We're going to talk about water purification technology a little bit. Uh, there's an article about what's in your water in the tap, how to clean it out. We got that for you as well. Thanks for being here. God bless you all. Thanks, Jonathan Nemord as well. The power to heal is yours. not right remember folks the things that you need to get well and stay well are all linked up in the show notes every day at robertscottbell.com including the banners that are out there with special discounts for you things that i utilize personally we recommend uh you see the far infrared sauna we used to have it through synergy now we don't have access to that but we have the uh, relaxed sauna through my buddy phil wilson i've had both for years but now you see that and i think you saw a little bit ad and there's a code discount code for uh, rsb as always uh, that you can utilize to get that as well. Uh, also, shout out to Bob Warren, who appeared with me and Dr. Judy Mikovits on this Sunday Conversations edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show this past Sunday. If you missed it, because uh, some of you got to sleep out on Sunday and don't listen to the show or watch the show, man, you're missing a lot. And it was an extraordinary. Uh, well, I started with the journey of of kind of the, the the theme of what we've tried to do on our Sunday show, uh, which the conversations go more in depth or they're a little more free form than, than even this uh, weekday show is. And then it transitioned into a bit of a teachable a series of teachable moments in terms of understanding the metabolism of the body. What's the challenges we have as far as functionality and among the things that were discussed, including the, uh, 
the what were we talking about yesterday with uh, Jamie Dorley? He said there's a chocolate flavor now, but the uh, uh the, the, was it the Lean Greens, uh, Pro Lean Greens from um, uh, Nutritional Frontiers, along with Cardio Miracle, and we discussed as well Bobri's product that is so extraordinary, the Folium PX. So if you haven't gone to foliumpx.com and started on that protocol, um, that's like the, you know, the breakthrough, if you will, on so many of these things. And that's part of what we discussed with Judy and went through uh, Dr. Tracy Stroud, put it, put together a whole uh, diagram so you can see how it all fits together. Uh, but go to foliumpx.com. You get the Folium Original, Folium Immuno, and Folium Relax and get on that protocol right away. And you get 10% off with the code RSB10. Uh, so that's a little bit of an update as we start the second hour of the show here, uh, broadcast. Uh, Super D, I was just chatting with him behind the scenes. And, you know, this is stuff that we'll get to probably more in the bonus round. But, we, you know, I feel like we're so, I'm going to use the word retarded, uh, even though you're not, because we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to go into political wow. incorrect terms. Right. No, in certain areas, I think we, <clears throat> I'm very proficient at certain things. You're extraordinarily proficient at certain things. And then there's certain things that I'm looking at, like, we just are lame and we can't do. We are just incapable of doing and uh, we just got a nice email from uh, the person who works with Jeffrey Smith on his website saying, hey, you guys, dude, what's with this? You don't have an SSL? I don't even know what SSL stands for. Do you? Um, Here's what my guess is, because I've heard things like this. Secure yeah. socket layer. I, I don't know if that's right. It's probably wrong. Well, okay. So SSL. so what it is, and, and, and some people have talked about this uh, over the years. Mm -hmm. It's literally been that long. Yeah, that's why I'm uh, saying we're pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you know when when you go over to the website, you look mm -hmm. up in the well, like in the, the you know the URL bar, yeah, and next to it, it quite a, it, what you'll see is you'll see a, like a thing that has like a little red line through it. Yeah, well, whatever it says, and, it says not secure. You know. Yeah, and yeah. so sometimes there have been people that have like really, really, really good uh, antivirus software on their program on their mm -hmm. computer, and it won't let them go to our website. Yeah, because. There's something I I don't I don't know what it means I don't know what it, it's, it's see this it's is a where thing we, you should have is that all and we don't all and we still don't <laughs> well and here's the reason why we're not web designers I'm not a yeah. web designer you're not a web designer or a programmer or whatever yeah. and so it's like you know people are like oh it's super easy and it's like I get in there into like where you would like do something like that and I freak out because I'm like what if I, I do the wrong thing yeah. and and the website okay. doesn't work well, anymore right. So anyway, um, apparently this, this, this guy here, he's worked with Jeffrey Smith. Yeah. It's, uh, what's it called? Institute for responsible technology. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. I he's uh, so. offering to, to help, help us, us out. out with that. So yeah. I think we should take him up on it. I agree. I yeah. just like, I look at that and I'm embarrassed because, you know, look, we're just two guys and also <laughs> Kevin helping us out as associate producer. What he does is amazing, but yeah, we, we run a lean ship to try to do the things we can, we can do without the massive budget so again thank you for everybody that does support us directly as well through our well patreon. yeah and i'll tell yeah. you right now yeah. it's 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 the uh the support that we get on patreon mm -hmm. that's going to cover this yeah that's going to take care of this for us so we do appreciate that yeah so anyway thanks for that and acknowledge our shortcomings we don't run and hide from them we acknowledge them <laughs> Speaking of shortcomings, I think you can't use the word short anymore either. So we'll have to figure out ways around that. Uh, but 
we got a few things to talk about this hour, if you don't mind, yes. Super Don. Yep. Um, first article opens up. It's, it acknowledges uh, apparently a rare link. They call it, of course, anytime you see the word rare, what you what you, know, should, you think of Fauci, right? Well, yes, you do. But I think in terms of uh, Orwellian definitions, and I think, okay, rare now means common. Seriously. Or more common than they want you to think. Yeah, at the very least that, Super D, at the very least that. And this article from science.org actually acknowledges what they call a rare link between coronavirus vaccines and long COVID, a long COVID-like illness. That's It's starting to gain acceptance. Hmm. So there Among are studies. Who? Yeah, studies are probing unusual cases of neurologic complications blood pressure swings and other side effects now for and us now hold on a second here. let's ahead. just make sure let's mm -hmm. make sure here because yeah. you know you said that mm -hmm. and um uh, alarms didn't go off yeah uh swat team didn't burst through the window here in the studio <laughs> yeah what is the let's make thing? sure that we that we understand what this headline is saying yeah they, they're actually saying that there is a link mm -hmm. between a vaccine yeah and what would be considered i think right a long-term uh, adverse event. Adverse effect. events. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the first statement or let's say sentence in the article is a believer's statement. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm saying? You're I in the it, cult. Yes. You want to tell everybody you're still in the cult. You say COVID-19 <clears throat> vaccines have saved millions of lives and the world is gearing up for a new round of boosters. So in this way, we're going we're gonna to let this one slide. But... Mm -hmm. Dot, dot, dot. Like all vaccines dot, 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 can cause side effects in some people, including, you know, so it, again, the first thing is I'm statement. I'm a true believer. This is like those who try to say I'm not anti-vaccine, but fill in the blanks. It's like, dude, if you're not anti-vaccine at this point, I don't know what it's going to take. Um, maybe you can uh, delineate a statement like I am anti-vaccine as it relates to how vaccines are done today. OK, fine. But the concept of vaccines you like, for instance, you could say that. I guess that's reasonable. Mm. Um, you know, I would utilize homeoprophylaxis as the only safe way to do something that they people perceive vaccines are supposed to try to do or actually do, depending on your perspective. But I don't even necessarily believe we need that. But I'm, you know, I guess an, an outlier, but maybe not as far outlying or lying outside of the whatever the mainstream is as more and more doctors come our direction, Super Don, my direction. And I haven't had to budge much at all, really at all over the years to go, oh, you know, I was wrong about this vaccine and this vaccine. No, none of those things have I been wrong about uh, yet. You know, where are we at? We're still at a point where you have to make a, a, a statement of belief before you can actually go into the well, acknowledgement of something like this. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, let's let's think about what this article would look like if they mm -hmm. took that sentence out right yeah i mean i the way i look at it is this mm -hmm. i look i you know i understand you want to be have a, you know a balanced and if but this is an article about adverse events to the coronavirus vaccine mm -hmm. that is being acknowledged and discovered and and and, and recognized by neurologists and people from yeah. harvard medical school stuff yeah. so is that opening sentence really necessary or is it a thing where they felt like they had to put that there because if they didn't put that there, yeah. then somebody might look at this and go, oh, this is an anti-vaccine article, <laughs> right? Yeah, and, and, and if so, why would that disqualify you? Because 
all of the pro-vaccine articles should be disqualified based on that same, <clears throat> let's say, argument. Well, it's biased. Oh, imagine really? this. Imagine if there was a horrible accident. Okay. And the local news station is going to do, uh, write up an article for the local newspaper about a horrible accident that happened on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Would they start off that, that, uh, that article about the horrible accident by saying, while most drivers do not get into accidents and yeah. driving is a very safe thing to do. And we're not anti-driving or anti-car. <laughs> right. You wouldn't do that. No, I know. Right. Why, why then do they do that every time with this particular issue? Because they demand that you believe and bow down to this religious cult belief system. When was the last time you saw an article about a school shooting? Mm -hmm. And they started off the article with, well, most kids do not get involved or or hurt or not injured or killed by school shootings. And most students are safe going to school Mm -hmm. and it is not a common occurrence. This school shooting happened today. Right. Never happened. We're not anti-gun, but da 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 da, no. da right? Fit in that's that. That's never happened. No. You know, and that's the the the, the absurdity of, of uh, I guess, what we could call proclaimed scientific inquiries and endeavors related to vaccines and medicine is is that it's not. It's rooted in, in a cult-like belief system where you have to, you know, show your fealty or loyalty to it before you could even, even approach possibly that there's anything untoward that could occur even as they acknowledge, well, it happens, right? Now, as I said, the term rare has become meaningless as it's defined traditionally in the dictionary. When they use the term rare, they never define it. And you ask them to define it like, well, we can't define it because we don't have the numbers. The numbers aren't accurate. On and on it goes. So then why do you use a word that theoretically or used to have an accurate definition that said rare happens very infrequently uh, as opposed to what we would argue uh, if they looked at it honestly, without a cult-like devotion to the injections, they'd say, man, there's a real big issue here. And we don't know the number, but we wouldn't use the word rare unless you're trying to convince people of something that you have no proof and evidence for. But you just want to have that impression out of the gate. Yeah. So I, I, I know this isn't going into the article as much as it is. No, the, I, but I, I think it's important, though. It's important yeah. to, to point this out because, like, it's, you know, like I was saying, with the examples I was giving, it's almost kind of when you look at it that way, Yeah. you don't just skim over it, but you actually stop and you kind of dissect this for a second. Mm-hmm. You see how, how obvious it is, what they're sure. doing. And, and the transition, Super D, is what? Uh, if you were to say this three, two years ago, you would immediately be banned and deplatformed. Totally. We were. Right. Exactly. Uh, And even if we were to say they're rare, right, they're rare, but it doesn't matter that you're done. You're you're toast. You're out of here. Now they're gingerly acknowledging what eventually they'll have to acknowledge if they have any legitimacy at all is not indeed rare and that you're using the term rare in an Orwellian fashion. You're altering the definition that everybody thought they knew what it meant. Now it doesn't mean that because when you push them on it, they have to admit they can't define it in terms of what we know the word rare to mean. So it's, it's, it's a I guess a transition on the way that eventually it'll be self-evident to almost everybody that, oh my gosh, these have been a disaster. How did we ever let it happen? And on and on it goes. And individually, we're seeing doctors and scientists wake up to that reality and then look backwards like Peter McCullough and say, look, I, I was vaccinated. My kids were vaccinated. My, my grandkids will not get any. Which is, you know, now... Uh, the spell has been broken at that point. You're like, I'm not even, 
I'm not pussyfooting around the issue. I'm not even going to pretend I'm pro this. It ain't, it ain't happening. The whole system is so corrupt. Now, we're seeing more and more of that, thanks partly at least to Bobby Kennedy running for president. The fact that when you hear Robert F. Kennedy Jr. talk about these things right when he was pushed, and we, we played some uh, video of that last week, of him being pushed like by the lady who said, but da 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 this is said, the, all, all the scientists say it, the, the FDA says it, and Bobby pushes back and says, look, they're all deceived. He's very kind in that way. They've been lied to by the FDA, not that those other people are lying. I might d- disagree in some sense, but, you know, I'd have to find it individually where people are at. I get that. So we uh, come to a conclusion now that's radically different. When you hear him speak, people are now, I saw an, another article about like some other billionaire hedge fund guy going, well, you know, Bobby Kennedy's not as crazy as I thought. He actually, I listened to him. I've watched his interviews and I actually agree with him on a lot of the stuff like, oh, and then, and then all of his buddies are going, what have you lost your mind? You can't say that you can't do that. But what was it that he has come to in terms of uh, a, a conclusion, right? If you're to accuse me of being anti-vaccine, he says, look, this is the problem. Safe and effective. You say safe and effective yet. Not one of these shots has been tested against inert placebo before being brought to market. And remember that was, like the hotezes of the world, the office of the world would trash, try to trash us. All the skeptics would trash us for saying, because we've been saying that for, you know, I've been on the air 24 years talking about these issues. And now he's gaining traction because people have been through COVID and they're like, I finally realized I've been lied to about a lot of things. Now I'm willing to explore the possibility that I was lied to about vaccines too. That third rail of medical politics. And so they've lost control of the narrative now. And people are defecting, if you will, into an area of critical thinking that was verboten (laughs) for a long, long time. And we were one of the few voices on this show, the Robert Scott Bell show that was willing to speak out at the risk of being censored or ridiculed, et cetera. It didn't bother me. It's not fun to be censored, but some of you have discovered us because we were censored and are still censored on YouTube and Spotify and LinkedIn. Now I saw briefly an interview, Russell Brand brought on Jack Dorsey, right? Who used to run Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he asked him, and there were people asking him, like submitting questions about how come you participated with the government censorship of, you know, what Trump and other things, the COVID stuff. And he his answer to me was pretty weak. But okay. but what was, if what was his answer? His concern for profitability and i don't mean that he didn't say that for himself he's talking now in terms of my ability to pay my employees to you know and and of course it's a you know publicly traded company on and on Mm -hmm. in other words if we went against the government and and wall street got wind of it they'd have tanked our, our our stock and i wouldn't be able to pay for all the people that work for me right so he was talking like a ceo that had cares and concerns for his employees okay yet and okay you could you could say yeah, you could say that's a reasonable answer. At the same time, would I make that decision? No, I'm a I'm cut butt for a different call. Would he more do it? I don't know. Would you? I mean, I have compassion. At the same time, it's like, wait a second, you're asking me to abandon one of the most fundamental principles of freedom in this country. Well, okay, I love I love the hypothetical on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine that you're in his his situation, mm-hmm. and you've got you know I don't know how many people work for Twitter. Yeah, thousands maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you've got a decision to make and the decision that you make could very well cause that business to go under and make all those people unemployed that have been working for you for the last 15 years. Yeah. Uh, 
how do you how do you deal with that sure but he also said and and maybe we can get some clips of it later but okay. uh, that he he kind of seems like he regretted that as well as okay. much as he said that well now maybe that he, he was back, conflicted the same right. that you 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 know with yeah. the, like what you're talking about but yeah. you know it's it, that, that i would not want to be in the position of having to make that choice yeah but i, I you know would i have gone public and saying my gosh you know what's happening right now the government the white house is trying to get me to censor and I don't believe in it. And, and you would appeal to the public and your audience. And right. and again, that that takes, a, I guess, a, a level of boldness that maybe maybe Elon Musk is showing to some degree. And I'm not a Musk sycophant or anything, but he certainly, you know, brought back some semblance of freedom of speech to that platform. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's a question of when the chips are down or are going to be down. Do you stand on principle or do you say for the sake of we got to survive. This company's got to survive. I'm I'm just, I'm just going to go along, you know, and it violates every fundamental principle you thought. That is, you it's a in. tough, that's a tough one though. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, if genuinely he was looking at it as, you know what, if I, if I screw this up, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, I'm going to put all these people that have been loyal to me working for me, all of my employees out of work mm-hmm. and they're going to be losing their well, house and then what or did, whatever what did uh, musk do when he bought it he just fired like how many of these people that were oh, engaged in it? musk is a you know yeah. but yeah that's also elon musk too yeah he's got a way of doing things that maybe not the typical well and, and he also but. said screw the you know the business model you know we're going to lose a lot of money doing it but he at least pretended or actually does believe in certain principles now it's interesting too that both musk and uh jack dorsey have come out publicly in support of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Right. For Bobby Kennedy's run. And, you know, one of the words I used last hour with Jonathan E. Mord was authenticity. And I think, yeah, I think he, even in that interview, if I, if I saw it or heard it correctly, Jack was saying, yeah, authenticity, he's authentic. He's, he, and he's willing to uh, change his mind based on the facts that are presented to him. And, and that's why I say too, about that man, he's the rarest of rare in that he, he might've made a decision like a Ron Paul, perhaps, and I'm, I'm not trying to equate Bobby Kennedy as Ron Paul. Don't get, don't take that, right. except that <laughs> in, in the, in the realm of the willingness to be authentic, uh, and maybe stand on principle in certain ways, would he, if he were CEO of, of, uh, you know, the, the Musk, uh, oh, what Twitter, um, uh, maybe he would have said, no, 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 you don't violate that fundamental freedom of speech thing. Right. And, and this also goes back to what he's described about why he's annoyed with Trump. Granted, there's a lot of popular, popular, what is it? Popularism? What is it? Pop, I can't Populism? It. Populism, yes. Associated with uh, Trump's popularity uh, as well. But there's a lot of things you could go, they actually tend to agree on what they'd like to do. But what I understand Bobby Kennedy said he was so annoyed with Trump about is that he asked him to be part of that vaccine um, you know, safety panel to run it. Right. And then withdrew the invitation after meeting with Bill Gates. Trump mm-hmm. did. And, and you know, Bobby Kennedy's annoyance is, you know what? You know that these kids have been harmed. You know that kids have been harmed and killed even. How would you make a decision like that based on what Bill Gates said that this would be a dead end? And, and that's a legitimate criticism that I've not heard Trump talk about. Is he going to make an excuse about? I don't know. Uh, but that's a disappointing thing when he said, all right, Trump knows that vaccines can harm and kill children. And he brought Bobby Kennedy on or told Bobby, yes, I want you on. We talked about it at the time and then withdrew the invitation once Bill Gates said something to him. So 
you know, is, is that something that can be overcome? Because it'd be nice that you could overcome the Hegelian divide between R's and D's in that sense and realize that there are some some good things that could come out of that. I don't know what will happen uh, moving forward there. But good questions about these dilemmas. What would you do if you were confronted with such circumstances and situations? And to uh, Bobby Kennedy's credit, he's not going into politics of personal uh, attacks, right? right? Attacking people that hate Trump. He's just talking policy, which is great. I love that. So it's in, different, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah, it is quite different. Yeah. So I'm saying that's, that's why, why people are, are gravitating towards something like that because he's the only one that's doing that. Yeah. And plus he's jacked at 69 years of age. That's true. Like who doesn't want to be that, right? That's true. Apparently, I guess I was seeing some other things where like uh, some of the other candidates now are starting to do the look Push at me challenges. throwing a football or here I am playing baseball and stuff. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, you got Biden falling off a bicycle, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, look at what Bobby Kennedy's saying about, dude, we need to be eating better. And he actually means it. And he knows what that means. Right. As far as that goes. Now, we should be drinking better too, cleaning up what goes into our bodies from the water that we're being exposed to. Um, and that's a study I want to get to in a moment uh, related to drinking water. Uh, and uh, make sure you got uh, uh, Paul connected when you can. And I know he's trying to connect right now. Well, but he's, he's kind of connected. Yes, like. I know. I don't know if the camera's on or not, but I see, I see him connecting. But let me uh, just let you know as well. Uh, remind you to go to the upcoming events tab at robertscabell.com. There's also a tab at the top of the website. Uh, when you get there, that's uh, more, and it says advertiser discount codes. For those of you who want to know how to get the best deals on the things we utilize and recommend here, uh, and it's just a, an entire page of all the discount codes for the various companies that support us, and that we would love for you to access their products and services because they're actually supportive of your good health and healing. And that includes the Sovereign Copper and Sovereign Silver with the RSB20 discount code, we got so many options for you. Nutritional Frontiers, RSB15, choose to be healthy.com, where we get a lot of our 100% whole food nutritional supplements, food, RSB5, and more. So all of that's there on the more tab. And you can see that. Yeah, Super Don's got it up on the screen right now, uh, which is very cool. Uh, let's see. There was a study out of Canada. Uh, no, it's not a study. It's about a woman filing a $10.5 million lawsuit against the federal government and uh, CBC for vaccine harms. And she basically says the defense, you know, she's attacking the, you know, certain area uh, areas, the experts, so to speak, that said, hey, this is safe and effective, right? She said the defendants who she's suing held themselves out as public health experts or as reporting on behalf of health experts or as public health broadcasters. They intentionally set out to build a relationship of trust between themselves and the public during COVID at a time when they knew the public was vulnerable and afraid. Hmm. Uh, that's the lawyer. It says a good they, point. Knew, they, yeah, they knew or ought to have known that the public would be relying on their information for their health, safety, and protection. Um, let's see. You know, basically it's pushing back on the, um, well, in America under the pandemic, uh, uh, you know, that preparedness act and all of that they were protected everybody was protected from liability uh, should they injure or kill you with these shots under emergency use authorization canada i think they might have had something else but it sounds like this suit is trying to pierce that veil of invincibility uh to say no no no, there was fraud involved here and i would well, I'd agree the law says here the lawsuit which is being supported by uh two citizens rights advocacy groups 
mm-hmm. alleges that the defendants, which would have been the government and the media, yeah, were negligent, provided information that they knew to be false and incomplete, and that they censored truthful and reliable information yeah. about vaccine injuries, which caused harm to Miss Sakamoto. Well, yeah, but what does this say about you relied on the wrong people? so-called yeah, experts well yeah that's true and, and we have been warning you against that for a long time is and there we're a the ones personal responsibility yeah. there do you think and we're the ones that, that are called cranks really it turns out we were right and we are right who else is right particularly about water and more he's a naturopath now graduate of trinity school of natural health my buddy my pal there he is paul baratero paul what's happening paul look at you he's got the shirt on the concert T-shirt for the Robert Scott. <laughs> How you doing? Doing great. Good to see you, my friend. And thanks for uh, joining us on short notice. Uh, when Super Don found this article, he immediately said, "Hey, is Paul available?" Um, this study, and you you knew about it already. Not surprisingly, uh, study says drinking water from nearly half of U.S. faucets contains potentially harmful chemicals, and. Uh, <clears throat> There's nearly half of the tap water in the U.S. contains potentially harmful compounds known as forever chemicals. You know so much more about water than just filtration, but we got to start there. Yeah. Well, it um, these what they call forever chemicals, they're PFOS, PFOAs. There's a number of different um, some are sulfur related, some are carbolics. So, you know, it just depends on which one it is, but it typically comes from fire retardants, stainless, you know, the cookware that had that uh, non-slip surfaces and, and many different coatings, uh, different wax papers that are used in cooking. There's all kinds of different things that we have in our society that have these coatings on them and they end up getting into water supply because you're washing your dishes or you're washing your cookware you're what you're throwing away you know wax paper or or whatever or spraying things on the earth so they they get into the water supply through everyday normal life and the the thing that i always like to say is just because your water appears clear doesn't mean it's not contaminated Mm -hmm. yeah well the the thing is we go through life in America, Paul. I had a standard American upbringing, if there is such a thing. I yeah. drink water out of the hose outside, right? And think <laughs> yeah, it's the most sure. refreshing, delicious thing. And, and you know, chlorine, fluoride, we were not warned about that. I mean, chlorine was argued, of course, to clean up from a bacteriological perspective what could be yeah. contaminating the water. But they, they also didn't account for, hey, what happens when that chlorine gets into you and, and your microbiome and would it affect it negatively too? So... It wasn't until I stopped drinking tap water. This is many years ago before we met. And, and I right. started drinking more of like spring water stuff. And yeah. al- although I didn't know the plastic stuff because we used to have in plastic bottles was also contaminating, but it tasted far different. And then yeah. when I went back after a couple of weeks to tap water, it was suddenly it tasted and smelled like a swimming pool. And yeah. I lost the sense of it because you adapt to it, that, which is always there. You just kind of tune it out. Yeah. consciously and subconsciously so you, to your point about if it looks clean visually to the eye doesn't mean it's clean right yeah no it, we we really have to be more and more vigilant and making proper choices to protect ourselves from chemicals coming in literally the two things that i say is 
just because water's clear doesn't mean it's good for you or it isn't full of toxic components. Mm. The other thing I say is don't have your body be the filter. Get a filter <laughs> to filter out the contaminants. Don't have your body having to take care of all that stuff. It's really important that we don't create our body as a filter, that we filter stuff out before it gets to us. We have enough going on. Yeah. Well, that's so well said because it isn't that we don't come with, uh, let's say, filtration apparatus <laughs> in <laughs> our body. You know, we talk about liver, kidney, different things that help. But yeah. if you can reduce the burden on them, it's much like if you look at buying and investing in good filtration technology at home yeah. or or portable. Yeah. Uh, the more you put contaminated stuff, even in those filters, the less filter life that will have. Think about For that sure. in terms of your human body. Yeah. You know, if you continue to poison, it's like, yes, you do have those apparatus to help you, but if you overuse and abuse it, that's going to be detrimental long-term. So what can we do to protect ourselves before we have to rely on our own natural filtration apparatus in the body? Yeah, exactly. So what, what I'd like to share with everyone <clears throat> is that all filters in all echo products that have filters remove the forever chemicals, the PFOS, the PFOA. So in the filters that's in the echo H2 machine and the echo ultimate machine, there is two, two different types of activated carbon and, and KDF 55. And that is going to remove the forever chemicals along with glyphosate and everything else in our whole house filtration system that can cover all water in your entire home. We have catalytic carbon, which is even a step above activated carbon, which will remove. And we also have KDF 85 and KDF 55. So that will remove your forever chemicals. And then of course the echo RO, which is a reverse osmosis system is the deepest filtration. And that's going to remove the forever chemicals as well as every, you know, everything else from a contaminant perspective. So you can rest assured that any product you purchase that's echo branded that has a filter in it will remove the forever chemicals and will remove, you know, glyphosate and remove you know, other contaminants that you may be concerned about. Can you, can you say with a pretty degree of certainty, there are a lot of companies out there promoting filter filters that are not actually pulling this stuff out. They're just using yes. cheaper materials and things that they, they, people would think that they're cleaning it up, but it's not happening. Yeah. Unfortunately, Robert, what happens is people, people may say, Oh, this filter has this, this component, but it's such a small amount of that component that it's really not going to accomplish much mm -hmm. in the normal everyday use of that filter. Like you may have a whole house filter and some of these companies out there say it has KDF 55, but it's granular and it's, it's the same amount of KDF 55 as, as, as in our filter built into our machine that only does a quarter gallon a minute versus you have it in another device that's doing four to eight gallons a minute. You're never going to have the same effect because mm -hmm. they're using too small a volume of the granulated media mm -hmm. to be able to actually affect. And then when you use granular, then you also can have some tunneling effects in the filter itself. So you have very low contact surface area. And so you're not really accomplishing. So from a marketing perspective, they're making you think that you're safe, but you're really not. And, and case in point, with our whole house filtration system, 
we have a proprietary reticulated foam that we have put the KDF 55 and the KDF 85 into a reticulated foam and that forces the water to go through it. So you have contact surface area and you're, and you're actually removing the contaminants and, and you can't have tunneling because we put the KDF 55 and KDF 85 in a foam mm. that forces the water to go through it. So we do things like this so that in everyday normal usage, you will remove the contaminants that you want to remove. And our whole house filter is only $29.95. I mean, this is a whole house and it can last for 10 to 15 years, depending on how much water you're using. But the reality is this is going to make every water in your home healthy to drink yeah. without the forever chemicals, without glyphosate, without these kind of things. So that's, that's critical as a first step is to remove the contaminants from water, get it so that when you're drinking the water, you're not bringing toxins into your body. You're already getting enough through food and through breathing and other things that you do mm -hmm. every day. You don't need to bring more contaminants into your body through drinking water. Yeah. And cooking. Remember cooking. Yeah. So we laugh, Robert, mm -hmm. about people that would drink tap water. When we were kids, it might've been okay. Uh, today, it's it's horrible to think about someone actually drinking water out of a garden hose or your tap. But here, here's the reality. Um, <laughs> people are cooking with tap water. And all the chemicals go into the food item. So especially vegetables will absorb the chlorine and absorb all the stuff. And honestly, you're now eating all of that contaminant in the food. And so it's really important that you filter the water before you cook with it and before you drink it. And so the least expensive that I know is to get a whole house filtration system. If you're renting, mm -hmm. then get the RO system that can go under sink and, you know, and that's great. We, uh, we're even adding to the pitcher very soon a filter that will drop into the pitcher so that you can put tap water into that and that will remove the forever chemicals and will remove uh, the glyphosate and different things like that. Well, and we haven't even begun to discuss, especially for new folks, the uh, molecular hydrogen aspect of taking yeah. water and supercharging it as an antioxidant, as a cell signal modulator and so much yeah. more. Uh, yeah. Since we, you know, we used to talk more regularly and, and sure. educate people on this. And, you know, you've also spoken regularly at conferences around the world, including the Health Freedom Expo. Yeah. Uh, you know, a shout out to Julie Whitman Klein and the family that do such an extraordinary uh, job and bringing the best together for everybody. And I hope everybody would plan on that event. It's in the upcoming events tab. Yes. Uh, so, but that's another aspect of purification. And then what can we do with the water to make it something more than just H2O? Right. Well, we, we can definitely dissolve hydrogen gas and that there's 1,250 studies, 3,000 articles, 217 disease models showing that hydrogen gas mm -hmm. can have disease modifying effects and everything from Parkinson's and diabetes and cancer and, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, brain function, gut function. We, we tell people all the time take the two week challenge, get one of our systems, drink the water for two weeks and see how your gut is doing. See foods that you had allergies with before, see if it helps you. I, I'm not giving you a guarantee, but I'm telling you a lot of people report to us that after drinking the water for two weeks, they can eat foods they weren't able to eat before without inflammation and other issues. So 
obviously it's doing something significant for them. But one of the biggest thing we get is people say it's better sleep, better brain function, clarity in their mind, especially if they have ADD or other issues. Those people specifically say, I feel more clear in my mind. So hydrogen has tremendous benefits. And for those of you that haven't heard me speak before, you are supposed to produce hydrogen in your gut. We call it fart therapy. <laughs> and <laughs> you're supposed to produce hydrogen in your gut. And that hydrogen gas manages oxidation so that you don't end up with oxidative stress and chronic inflammation, which is the leading cause of disease. So that's as simple as I can put it. Your body is supposed to produce hydrogen. Because of gut damage, you don't. And so I created a system back in 2009, 2010. We launched in 2011, the Echo brand of hydrogen water hmm. machines, devices. We have portable devices, machines. We have it all. And it's the original brand and the only true hydrogen water system in the world. Everyone and their mother is trying to talk about hydrogen now. I've made it very popular. Yes. But we're the only true system with the IHSA certification that you don't have to clean constantly. So. Well, folks, uh, if you want to plug into the echo water that I've been utilizing for, I don't know, 15 to 20 years yeah. now, yeah. Uh, you have the direct link, which will also plug you into the RSB show discount to get you a special deal. Mm -hmm. uh, if you just see there's a banner on Super Don, just confirm with me, go ahead and open up. So I, I'm not telling anybody anything wrong, but <laughs> I think there's a banner on the right hand column of the Robert Scott Bell show website as you scroll down and it might, it might rotate, but it's there. Uh, that says drink to your health, better water leads to better health. Learn more. There it is. Super D you're right. There it is. Just click on that. And you'll automatically be uh, engaged. I don't know if you have to use a code like RSB, but I think it's automatic. Once you click on that banner though, I uh, believe so. Yeah. That, uh, that you can access uh, special <laughs> offers and deals. And uh, from time to time, I've noticed you've had some very big special offers and deals too yes. to take advantage of. So keep an eye on that or become part of the the newsletter alert that you guys put out, the news and email alerts that that uh, Echo Water puts out, Echo Technologies yep. now, the, the company name, as we yep. say. Uh, so, uh, again, my concern about this is what you addressed, is that many people, many companies uh, that are selling filtration technology or other technologies will utilize some of the things you've talked about, but in a very small fraction of the amount that would be required and or directing the water through into it to all the surface areas so you get the full benefit so they take advantage of what you perceive would be the benefit of having a good system but they yeah. don't have a good system they just have some right. of it in there and that's so hard for the average consumer to know that it, it really is and so all i can say is if you're concerned about it you know call our staff um the number is 855-737-1114 and <clears throat> or you can go to support at echo h h2o.com and it's h2o like water h2 not h20 but h2o yeah. mm -hmm. and ask them to get the whole house system um there is a discount from robert so it will be uh, a lot less than the three thousand dollars that normal normally people pay so i mean I, you're not going to find a whole house system that's less than that's three thousand dollars that is actually going to do something for you and and i promise you ours is the most robust out there so uh, from a whole house filtration. Now it does not remove um, minerals in water. It's not a softener. We can do that too. It's a contaminant removal purification system. So it will make so that any water in your home has no contaminants and is worthy of, of consuming. That's now, what it, it's for. 
the what you have here it's based in in america do you have people that access this technology in, in canada and other countries as well we can ship to canada no problem and okay. we have shipped internationally it gets it gets a little bit uh pricey but you know most other people in the other countries say there's nothing else like yours so i'm willing to pay for and really it's 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 time because if you airship it, then it's going to be expensive. If you ship it via ocean to somewhere, um, then it's less money for shipping, but it just takes a longer time to get to you, like a month. But, you know, some people don't care about that either because they've been drinking water all their life and they want the best. So they're willing mm. to wait a month. So, all right. Hey, do you have time to hang out for another 10 minutes before we wrap up here? I do need to leave my, okay. um, Jacqueline's stepfather passed. Oh no, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so I need to head over there just to have, they're, okay. they're going to be taking him out. And so I want to be there. Right. To well, her. my love to, to Jacqueline, of course, and you and the whole family Thank on you. that. I didn't hear that until this moment myself. So I know yeah. that he was, he was in hospice uh, yes. and, and you know, now he's at peace. So yes. I'm grateful he, for that. He lived a long life. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So our love to Jacqueline and family. And uh, thanks for joining us almost on no notice, just to be able to cover this uh, water toxicology study that came out. Oh, yeah. And now we got the solutions with Echo Technologies. All right. So y'all get it. Check it out. Paul, lots of love to the whole family. Thanks for being Thank here. you. Thank All you right. so much. All right. It's Paul Baratero, also a Trinity graduate ND. And uh, grateful to have him on any time that he can be here. And uh, again, condolences to his wife, Jacqueline, on the loss of... Uh, uh, I guess it was a stepfather. Her her mother had remarried, uh, but uh, I knew that I knew him as well. So I, I'm just a little not shocked because I knew it was coming, but I just didn't know until this moment. So uh, condolences uh, go out to the family. All right, Super Don, we've got uh, one more story. I think maybe, yeah, we know we got a question of the day too, and I definitely want to get to that. Although that's an easy one, and and you uh, pointed out that you made some changes to make it even easier uh, for folks. Um, but uh, th this question of political correctness as it relates to what they used to be con uh, be considered adjectives, whether it be medical, you know, descriptors, words that would describe a condition or situation. Um, you know, we've talked about the term, uh, well, I used the word retarded today uh, as describing myself and Super Don. I know it was insulting to Super Don, not me, <laughs> but um, how that term is not quote unquote, politically correct anymore, even though it had a very specific definition. If you're mentally retarded, what did that mean? Uh, also, the term obesity now is being called into question. And according to this Medical Express article, they're saying obesity should be renamed. Uh, and, and, and that would improve suddenly treatment and, and prevention. I'm, I'm not sure clear exactly how or why. You know, I, I've utilized the term uh, gravitationally challenged. You know, years ago, I, I don't know if I came up with that, but that just occurred to me as uh, as you have different ways to make something that's not politically correct anymore correct. So gravitationally challenged was my vote for obese. Um, but the question is, is there a basis for people not getting treatment because the term obesity is used? Is that the argument here, Super Don? There's a stigma attached to it, I guess. People are calling for obesity to be renamed in order to help the public and policymakers to better understand the disease of obesity mm. and drive advances to treat it and prevent it. So if we called it something else, then, then they would better understand the disease. I, yeah. I, no, I, I whatever. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, uh, here we go. Published in obesity reviews. Now here's something that's interesting. <clears throat> There's a publication here 
Yeah. Uh, called Obesity Reviews. Would they have to rename this? Uh, no longer call it Obesity Reviews? Yeah, what would they call it now, right? The study highlights ongoing confusion about the term obesity, which currently can refer to the disease of obesity or mm-hmm. to a BMI range or a combination of the two. Yeah. So, okay. It sounds like that they want to change the term because it's confusing, not because there are people complaining that it's offensive. Okay. They're confused by it? They're confused because obesity, again, can mean either obesity Mm -hmm. or a BMI number or a combination of obesity and a BMI number. Somebody made this confusing. Well, I don't think it really needs to be confusing. Uh, yeah, I think the term is understood by most people. But, I mean, you know, what do we – if we were to come up with some other options, <clears throat> I mean, if you were saying you're adiposally gifted, adipose. Uh, yeah, heightened adiposity. Oh, heightened adiposity. Heightened That's what, adiposity. I, yeah. By the way, I, I, uh, I enlisted ChatGPT to help me out. With coming up with some names uh, mm-hmm. that were more politically correct, yeah, uh, for obesity, yeah, and so that was one of them. Heightened adiposity, what I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got unfavorable weight status. <laughs> that, that, that would be more politically correct, right? Favorable. It's not favored by most. Um, challenging weight circumstances. Yeah, challenging I, I kind of like that one. Okay. I kind of like that one. Uh, unfavorable weight distribution? <laughs> it's distributed in your body somewhere, and that's unfavorable. Okay. Suboptimal weight status instead of obesity. <laughs> Suboptimal weight status. <laughs> How about weight-related health complexities? Weight-related health complexity. Wow, Higher body really... mass composition. That, that, that's more technical. It makes more sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It, 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 it makes me think of uh, that bit that George Carlin did on how they they changed uh, the names. Retarded was one. Crippled was one. Right. People used to call people cripple. You're, yeah. Look, look, he's a cripple, mm-hmm. and they were offended by that. Um, I don't know if you seen that bit that I'm talking about, George Carlin. I probably have, and I just don't remember the details of that. You one. You don't remember but, that. Yeah. Okay. But I do remember bits and pieces of a lot of. Carlin, I uh, I looked know. up a list of of medical conditions that have been changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, you can't say somebody is is stuttering anymore. Stuttering is out. Stuttering is out. It's now communication disorder or developmental disfluency. Developmental disfluency. Yes. Wow, you're not making that up. That actually. I'm not making that. I'm looking out of here. Shell shock. Oh that was one of the ones that that uh, that Carlin did in his bit. Yes, uh, that became post traumatic stress, stress disorder. disorder. Yeah, yeah, that one. You know, okay, yeah, things- I do. I remember that bit now. That particular aspect of what he did. Uh, man, brilliant with the uh, the language. Uh, so again, I I just I'm hard pressed to say that this is the highest uh, priority when you're dealing with um, mass obesity. Uh, that is brought about by eating what refined carbohydrates loaded with additives. You know, there can be other things flavors. that can contribute to that, but um, I don't think. Well, okay, listen, we talked about the BMI thing the other day, mm-hmm. and you haven't been a fan of the BMI thing 
from from, not, not from really. the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe you could call obesity if obesity is a disease. Would they, do you mm. think obesity is a disease? Um, <laughs> some people want to want, want to classify it as a disease. I think it is for some people, but it really it's it's not. Forgive me because I'm not a doctor. I'm not mm-hmm. a scientist. Yes. Uh, but what what can cause obesity other than lack of exercise, poor diet? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's got to be other things. That yeah. Well, you can get obese, you can right? get into metabolic issues of, of of glandular dysfunction, for instance. Okay. But arguably, the glandular is that still dis- not a side effect, though. A si- what do you mean a side effect? A, a gland glandular dysfunction? Do you just get glandular dysfunction uh, by chance, or is that a result? Okay. Of yeah. No, else? I, I was going to answer that right in the midst of okay. saying it. So you asked the right question. Right. That is, glandular dysfunction uh, dysfunction arguably is caused by the same dietary deficiencies and or other toxicological assaults that affect you know whether it be mercury or other things. So um, when we talk about obesity as a disease, it's just what would you call a side effect or a direct effect of metabolic disorders brought about by what? A lack of vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, essential fats, you know, different things that, that drive the cellular metabolism and or uh, an overburdening of the system due to toxicological components. Well, we talked about PFAS, PFOS, whatever, in the water or the food. All of that over time or across generations resulting in aberrant metabolic dysfunctions that could result in what massive weight gain due to a lack of liver and kidney function. You know, you've overwhelmed the system. We talked about the filtration system that Paul said, you have it in your body. Don't make that the primary use of it, but clean up what goes into the body. Then you let you have less of a burden on those systems. And remember, a lot of fat gain, if you call it fat, is what's in the fat that your body's trying to protect yourself against from. Now, let's real quickly do this question of the day because it's really easy and you've made it easier than ever, ever, ever before. And this question of the day is coming from... It's coming from CC. Can you please let me know where I can download the PDF for the gut healing protocol? I do not see an area for this information on your website. And she has a little smiley face. Thank you, CC. So we've moved it. I say we, the proverbial we. Super Don has moved it from the bottom, moved it up, and that still wasn't enough. So now I'm seeing for the first time <laughs> a beautiful banner that says the Silver Aloe Protocol. You can't miss it. Yeah. And this, I mean, I should charge 20 bucks for this, but I don't. It's free. <laughs> and we don't even make you sign up for the newsletter. It's free. That's how important I think this is. I don't ask you to do anything. If I were, it's a, it's a gentle, loving ask to at the very least sign up for the newsletter, become part of our email list. And, and if you can yes. become a patron supporter, yes. uh, say thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. That helps, helps us yeah. immensely. But you click um, on it, that chapter pops you up. You click on PDF. that. You're going to get the PDF. Yep. Uh, it's just going to open up and then you can just download it from there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why not? I put the, the sovereign silver banner right under that. If you click on that, that'll take you to sovereign silver, mm-hmm. uh, com. Yeah. Natural immunogenics uh, for the, the the gel, but if you scroll down, mm-hmm. it also will will bring you to the other stuff to, to, where you can get the silver. And underneath that is the link to Haley Nutrition, where you can get the Stockton Aloe Vera that I recommend and use. So yeah. there you go; yeah. it's all right, all right there. there. Yeah. Even if you can't read, you can see the picture there. That's at the Aloe in the background yes. there and stuff yeah. like that. So you're so hopefully, nice. hopefully, and I apologize. Mm-hmm. I you know look because if you still if you scroll down, yeah. And you get down to here, there is a little band, a little thing here looking That's for the free was, chapter. Yeah. 
but you know, I'll, I will what? admit that that is harder to, unless you happen to read everything. Yeah. So there you go. Boom. Boom. All right. Thank you, Jonathan Emore, for being on board today. Thanks, Paul Baratero, for a nice visit. And again, condolences to the family and the loss of uh, your wife's uh, stepfather. And uh, hopefully her mom's doing okay. And with that, we're going to take a momentary pause, do a short, uh, what do we call it? Bonus round. Bonus round. Yeah, I've got to do some some training stuff. I got to do so it won't be long today. But okay, you know, I so want to we'll address. Be back I think in, there's another question. Back Just in sixty seconds. Yeah, power to heal is yours. All right, back. Bonus round starts or it started already. Yes. <laughs> Second after in the in the uh, podcast, from what I understand. So quiet. Uh, all, all quiet on the Western Front here. Yeah. Um, far as the chat rooms go okay well we had a i saw a question that came in a little bit before showtime uh and i don't know i don't think it's in the notes or anything but it's um something about the vaccine detox summit didn't we we uh that was um lessonish yes right right? that was the day the rumble crapped out and no, no everybody was having trouble with getting access to rumble now you have posted it back on Rumble, and I think we had a banner in that day's show notes that could direct people to it, and we had the RSB code to get Dr. a discount. Dr. Alina so. Lesinich. Yes, and she's originally from yes, Germany. that was uh, Monday's show notes. So, so I don't know. Uh, Marianne said she's had trouble um, getting on to order it. Well, I'm going to click on it right now. Okay. And then there's a thing here that says register now. And then it goes down, and it wants you to put in your first name mm-hmm. and your email, okay, and click send. Okay. So aside from that, I don't. And now, if you, what you're saying is you want to purchase it? Yeah, it's not clear, but she says I wanted to order it. But July 5th through the 9th. Well, it's ongoing right now. Yeah. Um, it ends on the 9th, so I don't know. Without registering for it and going through the process here, I don't have access to. Uh, seeing how the purchase takes place well i don't right know right now do. i think you're just yeah. in the in the, the part where you register to watch it and then right. oh wait a minute no no, no 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 all right so if you scroll all the way down can you show this on let the me screen show you here yeah, yeah if you scroll keep sc- scrolling 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 right uh you get down here to here's the thing here it says buy now okay so if i click on buy now let's see what happens here suspense yeah, maybe that's the problem where it's not loading. Oh, no, there it is. There apply coupon. So and you apply the summit. You apply the coupon code. Isn't it RSB? Yeah, I think so. So RSB. See, it should bring that price down, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, coupon RSB. Yep. Yes. So you save like, a little bit. There you go. So then you proceed to check out. Um, yeah, it seems to be working here. Seems to be working. I'm so not going to go beyond this part. No, here, I, I don't know what was happening with Marianne, why she's not. So yeah, if you're okay. listening, Marianne, you send in a request, but it seems to be working. Yeah. Uh, so go so. to Monday's show notes. Just click on the banner in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, scroll all the way down until you get to the part where you can buy the package. And uh, it looks to me, I mean, I'm like I said, I've gotten to the part here where I can put in my billing details and 
Yeah, and, it looks uh, like it's all good. It so, looks okay. And it's the Monday of July the 3rd show yep. that we did. But we did live. And again, Rumble messed up that day. So you submitted it back to Rumble. It's up there as well for those of you who like to watch it on Rumble. And yep. you said we're on something called TAC now? Or kick. what is it? Kick? kick. kick. Come on, okay. you should know kick. Why should I know Mr. kick? Mr. Kickboxing. Yeah, but I didn't know it was. Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I'm kicking pretty Bruce well. Lee. I admit. Yeah. Yeah. Kick, it's called. Yeah, and I've got it. Actually, I've got it on the computer here. I've been monitoring it, and it works really well. Picture's good. Sounds Excellent. good. So that is another alternative. Uh, if you're looking for some uh, some place to watch the show, that's that's available now. Okay. Excellent. All right. Let's look real briefly here at the calendar, unless there's any other questions or comments coming through. Uh, we're looking uh, tomorrow, uh, Dr. B. Rudlinger, looks like. Yes. And Michael Bolden. Yes. 10th Amendment Center tomorrow. So that's going to be an exciting show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Yes. Like I've got some other trainings I'm doing after the show today and before the show tomorrow. Uh, so I'll be a busy boy. And then next week, uh, looks like Monday the 10th, Brianna Ladapo, which is the wife of the Surgeon General of Florida, who we had on. And he was great. Let's see what else. Tim James, I talked to him today, Super Don, for the 11th. We might have to delay him just to make sure everything's in order for his interview, but a really good guy. He okay. actually has done a lot of the health coaching stuff, and he's actually got one of his coaches is Pat Militech. Militech? Militech, yeah. Yes, uh, as well. But he's got a lot of good things we're talking about behind the scenes. Okay. Let's see, you got some other things. Now, next week, again, we got some weirdness with your trip and my trip. We got the RSB Family Union. We've got to talk about how to you know maneuver those days. And then you're going to go see Disturbed the following week. Yep. And that's the band. He's not Disturbed. Yes. He's going to go see Well, the I band. am a little. Okay, a little. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as far as the Sunday conversations, I, I'm hoping to record something tomorrow so you can have it in time because you said Saturday you're busy all day. Saturday is Autumn's first birthday. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so... And and so we've got stuff going on in the morning. Then there's the uh, the party in the afternoon, and then Saturday night mm -hmm. I'm going with my sister and her husband. Yeah, to the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon. Nice. And we're going to see the the uh, the the uh, play of mm -hmm. the Three Musketeers. Really? Yeah. Done in iambic pentameter. I have no idea what you just said. But you're going to the Shakespeare Festival. You got to look that up then, or else I, you're not going to understand a thing that's said. Okay. <laughs> you know how it sounds, a Shakespeare play sounds, right? When they speak. Like the way they talk and stuff? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's called yeah. iambic pentameter. You know, it just, Dude, you're so... Dude, it, it's just... You are so nerdy sometimes. Yeah, okay, I admit Whatever. it. Whatever. What, yeah. Can you spell that? Iambic, I-A-M-B... I see pentameter P E N T A M E T R. Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. So iatic, iambic, iambic pentameter. pentameter. Yes. Iambic pentameter. Okay. Is it, did you already look it up? No, I didn't look it up. Oh, I thought you wanted to be nerdy like me. <laughs> there you go. Iambic. Pent oh, pentameter. Yes, pentameter. A line of verse with five metrical feet. What? 
each consisting of one short or unstressed syllable followed by one long or, or stressed syllable. For example, two households, both alike in dignity. That's how they speak in, in Shakespearean uh, uh, plays. Okay. You've heard it. You just didn't know it was called that. That's I guess all. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks for indulging my nerdness. <laughs> a line of verse with five metrical feet. What does that mean? It has Go five... talk to chat. Go talk to chat GPT and get back. I with guess I need to, I need somebody to explain that to me. All right. <sighs> All right. Well, abbreviated uh, bonus round today. It's quiet in the uh, quiet on the set, so to speak. It's very quiet. So oh, look okay. at that. Look at what? that. You know, I said something and then Cetro spotlight jumped what? into the, uh, uh, the the chat room okay. rumble aka the cheap seats just let he's letting us know <laughs> okay. or she's i can't remember now okay. he that's right that's yeah, the father of five right that's right right uh embolden the non-voter oh yeah he's looking at yes i did look it up all right thanks okay. th thanks for for saying something at the last minute cetros <laughs> trying to capture us at the end to go no, no not yet don't leave yet. And, well at least at least we can end the show without an empty chat room Yes, so that's I, nice. I appreciate that. It makes Tomorrow, it look like Michael Bolden. Watching. And uh, yeah, just think out loud or think to yourself and get back to me out loud, Super D. I want to interview somebody for Sunday Conversations tomorrow. I got to get somebody tomorrow that I can talk with to make this happen. You don't have to come up with a name this instant, but I'm just saying, I can't leave. Call that. Ann Archer, but, or can't call Ann Archer. Oh, you think? Yeah, why not? Okay. But keep it spiritual, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I dig it. Believe me, man. Look, the last couple of times we ran it out of did? time for one, and then the yeah, okay, we got it. All right, we'll do it. Sunday conversation will be happening this Sunday. Be ready for that. All and right. with that, uh, God willing, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Thanks again, Jonathan E. Ward. Thanks to Paul yes. Baratero. Thanks to Super Don. Yes. And thanks to uh, what's the guy's name from uh, Institute for Responsible Technology that wrote us a, a, a nice email to volunteer? He didn't volunteer. Yeah, I wouldn't oh, pay him. But his name? Yeah, I want to acknowledge him. Well, hold on here. G E E J G G G Moriva, and he's done web web development for the Institute for Responsible Technology for Jeffrey Smith. What a kind okay. offer he's made. Absolutely. Yeah. And and while we've got his ear, we'll maybe ask him a few, about a few other things because yeah so a, let's let's expert. plan to reach out to him as well yeah uh and uh, let's see anything else uh cetros wants dr shiva to come on um no Look, i'll talk to him but no. super don no like putting no, a no on it no, no no yeah do that when i'm not here I, wanna... I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. I'm just, yeah. I'm not a fan of Dr. Shiva. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you, I saw a tweet of his just, uh, just a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you bring that up. Yeah. Um, just railing, going on and on and on about, about RFK Jr. No, he's never liked Bobby he, Kennedy. He, he, it was a tweet. It was something to the effect of, uh, the, you know, uh, that you know he's a drug addict you know and all this stuff and he might get in the white house and how how could they possibly do that and stuff and like that and i'm just like really i mean of all the things that you could say mm -hmm. you've got to lower yourself to doing personal ad hominem attacks on twitter mm. you know calling people drug addicts and stuff you know and it's just like yeah i'm not you know, a big no, fan of that not i just a big I, fan. do you remember when he was on with us and 
hey, look, we gave him a fair shake completely. You know, good interview, whatever. And yeah. he started calling me Robbie. 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 No, I think Bobby. he said Robbie. No, I, I remember him saying Robbie. Bobby. Yeah. Just like, and that's what he said about RFK Jr. called him right. Bobby, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's like he, he's, he's, he, when you just go look at his Twitter. You know, I mean, if, if you go read his tweets mm. and you come, come away from that going, that is somebody that I would want for president of the United States, then by all means, please vote for him. But is when he, I read his running? Twitter, it's, it's just attacks and, 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 and complaining and, and, you know, all that stuff. There's nothing presidential whatsoever in the demeanor and the, and the, the, the attitude of, of what it is that he's saying. Is he you know? running for president too? He is. Yeah. He, he, oh. he, 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 re, he decided to run for president uh, at the same time that RFK Jr. Cause he oh. hates RFK Jr. For some reason, mm-hmm. he's just got a thing for, for, for him and the Kennedys and, you know, and, and it's just, dude, just run for president, man. <laughs> and don't, don't, don't troll RFK Jr. Uh, on, on, on Twitter. Cause um, what does that say about you and, and your, your campaign? I mean, your campaign is to be anti RFK jr. Yeah. Why would I vote for that? Right. All right. Super D. Well, you've made it. I'm sorry. I ranted. I, you know, it just, it, I blame Cetros. <laughs> you're, you're in trouble. Right. Time out. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. I, I personally, I don't see any, I mean, what would he add to the show? It would be a thing where he would just talk crap about RFK Jr. If we got him on, so yeah, why would we do not that? So interesting. Yeah, I don't want right. to provide that platform. All right, Super D, thanks for uh, letting. Do I get on to that. make executive decisions like you that? I'm kind sometimes. of like I'm. I'm. Um, I'm kind of. Am I overstepping my? Uh, Are you intimidated now that I've got big muscles? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what it is. All right, guys and gals, let's uh, let's reconvene tomorrow. <laughs> at uh let's say uh three o'clock eastern noon pacific for more of the robert scabell show heading into the weekend thanks super d talk to you later